What's up, wrestling fans, and welcome to another pay-per-view point edition of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk podcast. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango, and today we are going to be doing the post-show review, recap, and breakdown of what happened at WWE Hell in a Cell 2017. It just got done about a half an hour ago, so now i got all my opinions floating around in my brain. I want to talk to you guys about it. First things first, let me know what you think in the comments below about everything. A little reminder about that, just because I usually say that at the end, and by that point, you know, you kind of already forgot what I said. So chime in while you're going along, timestamp it if you want to refer to something I uh, specifically have said, but if you just want to throw out your opinions out there, go ahead and do that. But let's get started with the pre-show. And in the pre-show, we had one match. It was the Hype Bros versus Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin which was a pretty decent match, not bad, nothing really to write home about, and not really particularly noteworthy in any real capacity, but it was good enough, and it's a good thing to see both of these tag teams actually compete, because we haven't seen them in a while, and it furthers along the whole storyline of the Hype Bros having problems. So, it seemed at first that we were going to get a heel turn from uh, Mojo Rawley. Then it appeared like it was more of a Zack Ryder heel turn, then it seemed more like it was actually both of them turning heel. Now it's more along the lines of one of them could turn and the tag team could split. But it could go in a lot of different directions. And in any capacity, it was a smart choice to have Gable and Benjamin win. Because the story of the Hype Bros having issues can't really continue if they keep winning their matches. And Gable and Benjamin haven't really had too much to sink their teeth into lately. So this is another opportunity to show those two. They've got some pretty decent chemistry, not as much as Jordan and Gable, but, you know, that's because they haven't been tagging as long. And I like the tag team. I still kind of like the Hype Bros tag team, but I don't really want to see them split up, but I don't really know if I really want to see them turn heel either. So it's an odd situation, but I'm interested. And in any fashion, however they end up turning this around, at least it's good for the tag team division to show these two teams because the more that we get to see these teams the more that we'll care about them. So it wasn't a big, important pre-show, and the rest of it was just filler. I mean, uh, Charlotte was on the social media lounge, nothing really to talk about there. Aiden English did a little song for Rusev on the pre-show panel. Eh, you know, it's him singing. And we got a little bit of an announcement for the United States title match, but we'll get to that in a little bit. So the first match of the actual card was my favorite of the night. It was the SmackDown Tag Team Championship Hell in a Cell match between the New Day defending against the Usos. Unsuccessfully, the Usos come out on top, winning the titles, which I don't like. Uh, I don't like how they've been changing the titles back and forth too much, and I would rather the New Day still be the champions. But I'm going to give them at least a little bit of the benefit of the doubt that maybe there's a reason behind this. That isn't just, wouldn't it be interesting to change the titles again? And... I, I like the New Day better, but when you think about the roster, the New Day's got the potential of the Hype Bros, and then the Colognes, and maybe the Ascension if they're still heels, but they kind of aren't. They're sort of just hanging around. Usos, they've already had their feud with the Fashion Police, but they could probably pick it back up again. The Gable and Benjamin haven't had a feud with the Usos, and... I think that there's a little bit of room for some other tag teams like that to kind of come into the mix and maybe win those titles next. The New Day, I still think, should be the tag team champions, but 
despite the fact that the titles changed hands and I didn't want them to, the match was still fantastic. This was great. Start to finish, nothing but good stuff to talk about. Uh, we had some good spots with, like, the breaking of Francesca 2 Turbo and then whatever they were going to call the third one, R.I.P. Francesca 3. That rhymed. Uh, we also had the cowbell, we had the symbol, but uh, kendo sticks all over the place and chairs and... You know, it ended up just being a good, hardcore match. The Hell in a Cell itself didn't really come into too much of, like, a factor, but one of the best things of the night, I thought, was how they used the kendo sticks to trap Jey Uso. That was really innovative and really cool. So I liked this match far and above everything else, even though we had some other really good matches, too. Wasn't necessarily the case with Randy Orton versus Rusev, which, it was fine, but this feud sucks. And I have no interest in really seeing this continue, no matter what. And it, it's a scenario where Rusev has been having such a shit year. Like, this guy got injured pretty early on, and he spent months on the table just sitting and doing nothing. And when he finally starts getting this story built up of him getting a title shot at Money in the Bank, it doesn't come through. He follows it up with, a random flag match with John Cena, and he loses. And then he gets his fucking squash match on uh, SummerSlam, follows it up with these really just lackluster kind of segments on SmackDown, and the match was okay, but it's just not going to be worth a damn, because when you set Rusev up that poorly, a win over Randy Orton at this point was necessary. And Orton beating him means nothing, because he beat him in 10 seconds. Who cares if he beats him again? He's just a shit-lower mid-carder right now. But Rusev, I think, deserves better than that. I don't think that he should be, like, world champion or anything, but I think that he still deserves better. And I'd like to see them correct that, but they did not take a step in that direction with this match, at the very least, because Orton just won. So it's another Orton thing. And even though there's some feuds that I would like to see Orton get to into the future, him and Baron Corbin, him and Kevin Owens, uh, this Rusev thing did nothing for him. And it certainly did nothing for Rusev. Thankfully, to follow that up, we had a really, really good match. My second favorite match of the night, the United States Championship match was made into a triple threat match, the inclusion of Ty Dillinger. I think, fantastic move. Dillinger has been somebody that I think has been underrated. And even though he, just the same as Rusev, I don't think that he's like a world title contender yet. I think that he should legitimately be a mid-card title contender. And he was been having some good matches with uh, Styles and Corbin. And I think he'd really deserve to be in this triple threat match. That ended up helping the match itself, too. Because from start to finish, again, the energy was quick. They had a lot of good back and forth between all three. It wasn't like Corbin playing the strong guy and Styles playing the finesse and Dillinger just kind of hanging out or something like that. All three of them contributed quite a bit. And uh, we had a good little spot with Styles kicking Dillinger and he falls back to Corbin. All the people in the basement are like, holy shit, if this match ends like that, then that's crazy. So that was a good little fake out. And uh, I think that the right decision was made here, contrary to the tag title match in, uh, in a certain capacity. But we got... Baron Corbin winning the title, and he did it by pinning Dillinger, which there's a part of me that goes, ah, it's kind of a shame that he didn't pin Styles, so it makes more sense that he has reason to gloat, but he is a heel. He didn't beat Styles, he pinned Dillinger. 
and he stole the victory from Styles, the Styles Clash. So that gives a little bit of a a reasoning for Dillinger to not necessarily be in the title picture going forward because he did lose this match. And Styles has his rematch clause, and he also didn't get pinned. So he can come out and he can say, look, you did cut corners still because you stole a win from me. And Corbin has the right to be able to say, that's not cutting corners, that's being smart. I threw you out of the ring, I stole your pin, you could have gotten the pin just the same, fuck you, I won clean. That's good. That's a good progression of the feud. It's a good way to continue that going forward. And we should get Styles versus Corbin either at Survivor Series, if we have enough room in the card, or we should get it on an episode of SmackDown leading up to Survivor Series. Because remember, it's over a month away until we get to the Survivor Series. So we've got time. And it could happen as much as uh, this Saturday. Or not this Saturday, because that's not when SmackDown is on. This Tuesday is uh, when we could see that match happening. Or it could happen uh, next Tuesday after that. But I think that they made the right decision in all capacities here. And that was just a big old thumbs up. Not the same, because we're kind of going back and forth here, when it comes to the SmackDown Women's Championship match between Natalia and Charlotte. They built this up on the pre-show as being something that you guys should really pay attention to. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, Rosenberg was saying this could be like the match of the night. It could, they could put on a classic. It's guaranteed. You know, all this stuff about them putting on a clinic and stuff did not happen. The match wasn't awful. But it just wasn't that great. And I think that there's a problem when it comes to the women's division matches where if we get an average women's division match, people tend to make it out to be, like, amazing. Yet if those were two men, they would be like, yeah, it's just a normal match, whatever. I think that this match was on par with Randy Orton and Rusev won. It's something that is not something I can really complain about, but... I'm not going to remember anything about it. I remember specifics about every other match for the most part, but I don't remember anything about those two matches about what happened except for the ending, which was a disqualification. Natalia uses a chair on Charlotte and it's a stall tactic. And you know how I feel about both disqualifications and stalling. So I didn't like that. Uh, I don't like the idea that this just continues to feud for no reason. I don't like that we got a disqualification because in my mind, if they wanted this feud to continue and they want the title to go on Charlotte, Charlotte should have just won the title. And Natty now is probably going to defend it on SmackDown. And it's not the same thing as with the United States title, the United States title. Yeah. The rematch can happen on SmackDown and it makes sense. Now, if Charlotte just goes, you got the acute. So I technically win. So I should get another match and it'll happen two weeks from now or something like that. If she wins the title there, then yeah, I don't really care. And now you don't have to do all title wins on the pay-per-views, but I think that it makes more sense. And I don't know. It's just, it smelled a little bit of, we don't want all the titles to change hands. So let's have, let's do this. In the grand scheme of things, it's probably not going to matter. It's probably still going to turn into Charlotte. And if that happens, it happens. It's a better choice than Natalia. I think Natty's, pretty bland so the sooner they get the title off of her the better I think but I just it just didn't do anything for me this was followed by the latest edition of the fashion files which was subtitled back to basics which just basically had them kind of hanging out in the same uh, little 
location that they filmed at before, where they were saying that they already solved the 2B case, and, oh, I remember, like, it was yesterday, and whatever, and that guy, he was responsible and stuff. The Ascension come in to the room in disguises that are, you know, obviously, like, fake mustaches and stuff, and they hand them a poster, which says that they would like to be friends. And they subsequently make fun of the Ascension, calling them ugly, and that hurts their feelings, so they go away. Which is like, no, that's kind of sad. And then uh, that's followed with somebody knocking on the door and leaving a briefcase behind. And the briefcase, as soon as they open it up, I'm sitting there going, please tell me that it's going to glow like the one in Pulp Fiction. And it glows like the one in Pulp Fiction. If you have not seen Pulp Fiction, there is a briefcase in the movie, and it... When they were filming it, Quentin Tarantino put in an orange light bulb. And the yellowish-orange glow from that is all you see from the briefcase. So there's always been speculation of what's in the briefcase. And there's been theories of everything from the diamonds in uh, Reservoir Dogs, which makes no sense to me because why would they be glowing that color, to Marcellus Wallace's soul. And I think that... Pulp Fiction is one of my favorite movies of all time, so you do a reference to that, I'm going to instantly love that. And that leads us to what the next case is, which is Pulp Fashion. So I thought that this was pretty funny, and it's certainly not going to like turn a lot of heads. And when we were all sitting there watching it, I forget who it was, somebody's just like, what the fuck are we watching, man? And I was just like, that's great. You know, this is awesome. But we had three more matches after that. Uh, the WWE Championship match, Jinder Mahal retained against Shinsuke Nakamura with a little bit of distraction from the Singh brothers, and this was blah, nothing to even really talk about at all. I have said everything I had to say about this. Nakamura is not the right choice to be champion right now, but I don't think that Jinder Mahal is either, and I'm really, really hoping that uh, keeping the belt on Jinder and taking the belt off of AJ Styles means that we're going to get Styles versus Nakamura at WrestleMania. And to lead up to that, Styles should beat Jinder Mahal either at Survivor Series or Clash of Champions. And take the title from him, and then we don't have to worry about Jinder Mahal as champion anymore. Because I really can't see any match at WrestleMania making sense to have Jinder Mahal go in as the champion the only thing that can happen is if John Cena wins his 17th title and they do the pro-American, anti-American thing. That's it. And at that point, we've seen it before, and I don't know if a lot of people would really love to see that too much. So I would like to see Styles take this title from Jinder Mahal very, very soon. And the fact that Nakamura didn't win it is good because that leads a little bit more credibility into that. And... I don't think that it would have meant much if Nakamura would have won it here. So, I like the outcome, but the match itself is just blah. And I haven't liked this feud at all, so I really, really hope that it ends. Uh, If we do get another match other than Styles-Nakamura... Not Nakamura. Styles-Mahal at Survivor Series, I don't really know who should fight Jinder Mahal. So, I'm curious what you guys think. Who do you think should get the next title shot. Drop them in the comments below. Uh, We had Bobby Roode versus Dolph Ziggler, which one of the things that I thought was really great throughout the night is Dolph Ziggler coming out without any entrance, just plain nothingness. It was a good little touch. And I liked that Ziggler lost the match, but that he lost in a way that doesn't necessarily prove 
that Bobby Roode is the better wrestler because Ziggler's whole gimmick right now is I'm the best wrestler and I can get it done in the ring. Roode won, but he won, won by cheating. He rolled up the tights. So by doing that, Ziggler has a reason to come out and say, that's bullshit. You didn't beat me. You cheated. And Bobby Roode, I have said before, is more of a heel than he is a babyface. So for him to come out and go, hey, a win is a win. Fuck you, buddy. I think that that's good. So I am very curious to see how they go in the future with this. Uh, I think that this feud has a lot more legs, and I want to see another match between the two. Thumbs up. And so, uh, talking about curiosities and where they're going to take things in the future, the Hell in a Cell match that was the main event, the Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens, uh, Sami Zayn heel turn, did not see that coming. I know that that was brought up by some different people saying like, hey, what if Sami Zayn, you know, kind of turns heel and helps him? And I wrote that off as just like, ah, oh, come on, that's not going to happen. Well, it did. And, uh, that's kind of crazy because Sami Zayn is not the type of person that I can picture being a heel. He's kind of like Bailey, and Bailey being a heel just doesn't seem like it would click to me. So it could be a horrible idea, but I think that it could be really great too because if Sami Zayn has this heel inside of him that he's never been able to really tap into, that could be a real fun change of play, uh, change of pace, and um, we could get some feuds between some different people that we haven't seen yet. You know. I still think that Sami Zayn had a couple of other feuds ahead of him that he could have done. Like he could have done that Jinder Mahal feud. We could have seen Sami Zayn versus, like, uh, well, we've seen Sami Zayn versus Baron Corbin, actually. So that kind of writes that off. So, yeah, uh, you know what? We can see more with Sami Zayn now. We can get Zayn. Well, actually, we never got Zayn Ziggler. And I would have still, I would have liked to see that. But we can still get Sami Zayn versus Bobby Roode, Sami Zayn versus Ty Dillinger. Zayn versus Styles, that could be really, really fun to see. And uh, Zayn versus uh, Nakamura. And even Zayn versus Orton, that could be a possibility. So that's very fun. But the match itself, of course, it wasn't going to be the same as like the tag title match as far as like in-ring quality, but they did do some spots. We had like the Shooting Star Press and Coast to Coast. We had Shane jumping off the top and Owens falling off the side and... The uh, the cannonball through the table. So that makes up for it. And the match ended up being fun when it comes to that. So what else can you really hope for, you know? I think it was a good idea for Kevin Owens to win. And I think that that kind of puts to bed the idea that he probably won't be traded over to Raw. So that's something to uh, think about for the future. But we will see how this all plays out Tuesday night, not Saturday. And... uh I'm curious. So this was a much better pay-per-view than No Mercy and uh, uh, SummerSlam before that. Totally brain farted there. So if TLC follows suit and Survivor Series follows suit, then we can have some good stuff coming our way. But it's still going to end up leading into some stuff that I'm questionable about. Still not a fan of that Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar thing. Still not a fan of the idea that Jinder Mahal might go into WrestleMania as the champion. But we will see. And in the meantime, we got to focus on the positives. I thought that this was a really good pay-per-view. So, yeah. Good uh, good show. And I'm curious if you guys agree. Or if you disagree. Whatever the case may be. Just let me know in the comments below. And make sure that you hit that subscribe button. And ring the bell for notifications for the next thing that will be popping up. Which will be the hot tags for the week. I'm probably going to record that Tuesday morning or so. 
And I've already pre-recorded three Sporkle quizzes that I'm going to be uploading right after I start uploading this and scheduling it throughout the week. So you'll be seeing that over the next couple of days. And if you've got those notifications on, then you'll be aware of when that comes up. And another way to do that is to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SmartOutMoment and to follow the website because everything comes up at the same time. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and I'm being counted out. Ah!